Father, we are thankful for all of you being in the house of the Lord. Good to have all of you here. Good to have all of our guests. And as already been mentioned, we are culminating 61 days of <laughs> corporately praying and fasting and then individuals signing up and taking a day or two days or 21 days and uh, praying, reading the word, and specifically uh, gearing our minds and our hearts for victory and for the breakthrough in the presence and power of God and the Holy Ghost. And you say, uh, why are you <coughs> trying to uh, uh, feel like, you know, you have to come against the onslaught of what all's going on in our society? I, I, I think you, you have to understand the, uh, we are here, uh, in Newark and it seems like we are a million miles away from what's happening and what's going on in the world and yet because of globalization the world is smaller than ever before and I, I know I, I have not <laughs> reported all the, the phone calls and the texts and the things that I have received from whether it's Australia or Singapore, I, I, I was amazed at the form that uh, the church, the Lees in, in Singapore now have to have filled out before you enter into that church uh, and they rent a facility at a university campus and uh, before uh, they let you in the building. You have to fill out a form of where have you traveled and where have you been and what do you have a fever and do you and then they have to actually physically take your temperature and then they have to know if you've been coughing or what you've been around and they have to go through that before they let somebody in the building. Now I know we're not there and yet you know we had our first death in the United States just uh, I guess this past week. And, 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 you know, it's going to all go away and I'm good with all of that. I'm not, you know, I'm not encouraging you to go out and buy face masks. I don't know, I, you know, whatever. I, I was telling some of the young men today in Walmart, I don't remember Thursday or Friday or one day, and there was a guy walking around with a face mask on. I don't know if, if he was just coming out of surgery or if he had a cold and he didn't want to cough on me or if he was afraid I would cough on him, but uh, he was walking around in Newark, Walmart, 21st Street. Now you say, well, he was in a, a goof troop. I don't know. I don't know who he I don't know why I didn't ask him. But what I'm telling you is that these things are impacting our world and, and troubling and, you know, the warmest winter ever. And, and here we are. And I know it got cold a couple days ago and we had some snow, but, you know, it wasn't near as bad as it's been. And here we are in March and, you know, and oh what's going on in our society and the stress and 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 then we you look whether it's at the the democratic primary and it doesn't sound peaceful and kind and loving or whether you look in Washington or locally or huh Amen. there's chaos 
and stress and there's problems and you know somebody said I know that this was a been in where uh, up in the East Coast uh, conference that you had winter fire and uh, well, that was their home church and and a big they rented a facility and a big crowd of people and my wife just came back from Kentucky over 600 women there a big crowd of people and and yet you know you read what the, they put out and say we may have to stop doing those kind of meetings and may have to stop having those kind of meetings because those kind of meetings possibly would be places where infection would spread and, and the coronavirus and you say well pastor well then what about this size meeting and then what about a home meeting in your church at what point do we say oh lord this might impact us. And so it keeps us in a state of, you know, this is going on, that's going on, and yet here we are, and we, we have our byline, we're growing, apostolic legacy, and that means that we have a great history, we're alive, we're apostolic, believe in the apostles' doctrine, and then we are have a great history here, a great legacy that we have that shows the number of years and the message that has been preached and the history and the future generations and producing more leaders and uh, producing fruit and soul winners and missionaries and all of those wonderful things. And yet here we are facing all kinds of situations in the United States. And folks, you know, whether we say you are for impeaching Trump or against impeaching him or for the Democrats or for the Republicans or whatever you stand. We stand in, 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 a, in a complete uh, world that is that you know borders on being sensitive about everything and anything and, and if you pass somebody they don't like it and if you take a uh, you know if you do this or if you do that it's amazing and if, if, you, if you honk at somebody or if if you maybe look strange at somebody, I, it's just amazing. You you can't hardly go anywhere. You just kind of keep your head down and, huh? I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to wave anybody because if I wave, you think something's up. If I don't, you know, because everybody's kind of on edge. And yet, in this hour, and I know I preached on the power of the Holy Ghost last week, and I want to preach on the mind of the Holy Ghost this week. And I, I what do you mean? I, I want to preach on that sense of the mind of the Spirit, the mind of the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, you know, does the Holy Ghost have a mind? Well, the, you know, Jesus said, let this mind be in you, or the Bible says, rather, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, and who was took upon himself the form of a servant and has humility and had a sense of, of uh, humbling himself and all of that and uh, being obedient to the will of the Lord. And he kept saying all through his ministry, I don't come to do my will, but the will of the Father. And he goes through all of that. And yet here we are in this hour and we realize that most of the most uh, of the battleground is fought in the battle before the battle where Romans Paul said it like this for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh 
If you are after the flesh, you mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or earthly minded is what? Death. It will kill you. And to be spiritually minded is life and Whoa, 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 whoa. Life and what? How can you have peace with all the chaos going on in the world? How can you have peace with all of the turmoil, with all of the unknowns about the COVID-19, with all of the unknowns about what's going to happen in, in the political arena, with all the unknowns about what's going on in society, with all the unknowns, without, with all of the sense of, do we, are we going to have to have somebody out in front of church with a thermometer and, you know, scanning your forehead and getting your travel history? Say, oh, that'll never happen here. We're, you know, we're not going to have that happen. Are we going to have what? <laughs> Our trips to Walmart suspended because I don't want to go unless I wear a mask, gloves. I don't know. I'm just telling you, with all the chaos, you know, is Bernie going to concede to Biden? Is Biden going to give up to Bloomberg? Is are all three of them going to attack Trump? I don't know. But what I do know is what this verse says, Paul wrote, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I put here, every sinful act is first committed in the mind, then in our behavior or actions. And that's, that's true. We probably don't think about it very long, but you know, we usually have a forewarning in our mind, or we have a, a mindset in our mind, a stronghold in our mind. In other words, I, I don't necessarily have to think about the fact that this guy is trying to be a jerk because I just believe that everybody that drives on the road is a jerk. Huh? And I believe everybody's out to get me. And I believe that if I could win, my life would be better today. And if he tries to pass me on the inside, that makes me mad. Huh? I know. Y'all think I have a neurosis about pat driving. Brother Bill talks to me all the time. He says, Pastor, I hope our church gets to where we can hire you a driver so that you'll quit sinning. And I get it. I'm ready. If you work cheap, I'll have you. I'll hire you in a minute. What are you saying? I, whatever it is, you know, I, my mindset is that I need to get, you know, I need somebody to make me happy. I need to have more money. I need to have a better job. I need to have, this is what I need. I, I need, I need, I need. Whoa! The Bible says, the Lord shall supply all my Amen. If you've built a stronghold about what you need in life, maybe you haven't submitted it to Calvary. Maybe you believe you need it, when in reality, the Lord's trying to say, you know what you really need is another dose of? The Holy Ghost, the Spirit, huh? 
Why? Because you see, in this hour, I can believe that I need it. Oh, I got to have, you know, I'm just, I need to have a good time. I need to have a friend. I need to be, I need to have somebody. I, well, I can just, you know, I, I need to have somebody. I can put my arm around and I need this and, and I just need to, I don't need to be alone tonight. And I need to talk and I need to go and I need to, and I, and I, and I. Maybe what the Lord is trying to shout out to you is, Will you turn to me? Will you focus on me? Get it out of your mind about what you need. And here you say, well, that will never happen to me. Well, guess what? It got Adam and Eve who had everything. And yet the devil, one thing, one little thing, tree, one fruit, one thing, just one, you don't need it, you don't need to be able to try to figure this out on your own, and yet the enemy was able to get her mine, well, you really could use it, huh, and she thought about it, I don't know what she, I, Finally, one bite. Her husband, one bite. This will help you. What are you saying? I am saying the battle happens always before the battle. Which is why Paul in Romans the 12th chapter said it like this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the getting your mind renewed. Getting it washed, getting it transformed. Simon Peter wrote the same thing or something similar. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, grab it, tie it up, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> grab hold of your thoughts. In this hour, let me tell you, that's not easy to do sometimes. And I know we laugh at our children who go to bed and in the dark as the, you know, as the heat comes on and that wind blows up through the closet and it rattles the hangers a little bit and they go, surely there's got to be a monster. And the more they lay there, it's a three-headed, six-eyed, green, hairy monster with purple fangs. And I can see him. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the more you sit there, the more you see him. Now he's opening the closet door. Ah! And yet, if the doctor comes in with a bad report, well, that's real. Oh, really? You know what? I still have a God who is able to touch. <laughs> Doctor, you may have given me that diet. I appreciate it. We're going to go to battle and with your, your advice, I got it. We're going we're gonna to fight it your way. But I'm telling you, there's somebody else that's on this job. You don't think you're fighting this by yourself. My God is able to heal. He's able to deliver. Brother Edmund, I don't know, if, is he still sitting out there? 
Brother Edmund, step in here a minute. I want to I want to tell you something. I don't even know if you know this or not. My wife yesterday was down in Kentucky in the Inmans. It's his sister-in-law who comes from Sister uh, Sam, right there a minute, Brother Edmund, listen to me. Your sister-in-law went to sell books down in Kentucky for the Pentecostal Publishing House. And in the process of, of them worshiping, was it yesterday or Friday night? Saturday, Saturday afternoon. In the process of they were shouting and worshiping and God was moving. And for those of you who know that she preached what she preached here Saturday night and Sunday night rather. And then she preached it up there. I think in uh, Winter Fire, similar thing. And then she divided it into two sermons. So they got two barrels full on Kentucky last weekend. Friday and Saturday night. And the people were worshiping and shouting and dancing and praising the Lord and it just out of the corner of her eye my wife saw Sister Inman fall smack dab on her back just bam yeah. big loud noise and she got up and kept worshiping shouting praising God after church, my wife was talking to her. Is that right? Just visiting with her. And said, oh, Sister Inman. This is Brother Rodney Inman's sister-in-law. Said, that was amazing you were worshiping. Are you okay? She said, you've seen two miracles. You've seen one of two miracles that happened in my life. And she, he, she said, what, what are you talking about? She said, well, one happened today. She said, you saw, you saw that one happen Saturday. But you don't understand. She said, how many years ago? 18. 18 years ago. I went to the doctor. And the doctor said, you have a disease where your bones are extremely fragile. <laughs> that if you so much as walk upstairs wrong, you could break your hip or leg. And he did the scans and did all of that and said, it's, wow. And so she went to church and got prayed for. She said she felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! She just believed God was going to heal her. So she waited three months went back to the doctor and the doctor said we'll redo all the scans and they did every scan all over again and the doctor looked at her and said I don't know what you think happened to you but you still got this and you're going to have it the rest of your life your bones are extremely fragile you need to be very very cautious about where you go and how you move and what goes on. And she said, I just fell smack dab on my back and I never felt a pain in my body. And for 18 years, I know my bones are ready to break at any moment because that's what the doctor said. But you know what? I got another doctor working on my case. And I'm worshiping as long as I can. I don't know what will happen tomorrow, but I'm going to praise God right now because I believe that God has provided a miracle.
I got it in my mind up here. Colossians says, set your affection, that word affection in that verse, on things above and not on things of the earth, is proneo, which means your mind, your thoughts. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ. All of those same words come from, so that verse could read, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. So what are you saying? Are you saying that she should be more careful? Or thank you, Brother Edmund, you can go back out there. I, I just wanted you to hear that. I didn't know if you knew she had a miracle yesterday. But the point of it all is, is the fact that you know what? I'm here to tell you that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power Oh, God, give us the power flowing through our mind and our heart that we believe, God, you are able to do anything. And what happens? Paul wrote it in Philippians. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts, your emotions, and your thoughts through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, Lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, do what? Well, I can listen to Fox News or MSNBC or The View or whatever, and I get a lot of lovely things to think about. A lot of praiseworthy things to think about. Our stock market dropped, had its biggest drop in however, how many years? How, how many years was it? 2008. 12 years. We've not had the biggest drop in one week as we had this past week because the coronavirus has got everybody shaken up. So all of you that had your 401k and it was looking like it was coming up roses, now you're saying, oh God, I wish I'd have cashed it in two weeks ago. I'm not against you having a 401k or a 6019 or a 917b. I don't care what you have, but I'm just telling you, there's no place in this world that you are going to be able to say, that's going to bring me peace right. and peace of mind. If I just have a this, I will have peace of mind. Oh, I will feel good if I have my retirement, if I have my, that will, oh, let me tell you, the only place you can have peace, if he get the peace that passes all understanding. Second Corinthians, he said, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, what? Imaginations, everybody say imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into uh, the obedience of Christ and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What are you saying? Sometimes you've got to grab hold of your thoughts and say, let me tell you, I know, I know it looks bad. I know the report's out there. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to have church. I don't know if we're going to have camp meeting. But one thing I do know is God's going to keep filling and people are going to keep receiving the Holy Ghost and people are going to keep being healed and delivered and my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything. 
But you know, we get to thinking that this battle is all about me, and I know if the devil can focus it on me and what the enemy's keeping from me and what the world is keeping from me and what the church is keeping from me, and I, I know it's not us, but sometimes young people, you know, if mom and dad would only give it me my little space, it's all about me. It's all about me. The battle is all about me. You're not going to fight this thing believing that it's about you. At some point, you've got to re recognize this battle that we're facing until the Lord comes is not about me. I'm a one-horse, two-bit player in what's going on spiritually. The devil, yes, we all, because we're living for God, has a target on us more than anybody else. I get that. But let me just tell you, it's about the Spirit of God having the power and authority over my life, my mind, my heart. And the devil doesn't want that to happen. You remember what the battle said in the David and the famous battle with Goliath? Philistine Goliath said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. He didn't say anything about God. He didn't say, I curse your God. He didn't say, your God is not worthy. You don't have a God that's more powerful than mine. He said, I'm fighting you guys. But when David heard it, you know what David heard? You're not attacking us. You're attacking, you're attacking the armies of the living God. When the devil comes at you with a spirit of fear and anxiety and depression, you're not an anger. You're not attacking me, devil. You're attacking a child of the king who is alive and well. <laughs> That's why he could say, is there not a cause? Why? Because it's not just about me. You're trying to attack one of God's kids. You've got to recognize this is not about me. Let, 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 me, let me show you what, what he said. David went out to meet the Philistine. And here's what he said. Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. And I come to you, how? In the name of of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. <laughs> Micah, the angel of God, one of the archangels, one of three heavenly hosts that have the most power, said, I won't rebuke Satan. Michael said, when the enemy comes, I say, the Lord rebuke you. Why would an archangel who has the power to call heavenly hosts down to fight Lucifer say, I won't rebuke Satan, but rather say, the Lord you know why? Because he understood the principle. This isn't about me. I serve 
And when you touch me, let me tell you who you're touching. You're not just touching old Keith Showstrand, little old preacher over there near high. No, sir, I'm sorry. You're not touching, you're touching one of God's children. You're touching one of those that God telling you devil it's not me you have to worry about it's the God I serve you better worry about when your God gets mad you don't know what you've seen yet what are you saying Oh, I understand. You come in humility. You come in dependence. You come in faith. You come in power. But at some point, that power is not on me. It is on... Devil, you've hit me with sickness. You know what? Hallelujah. But you know what? You haven't messed with just me. You've messed with a child of the king. I'm here to tell you that I serve a God that's able to let all the bone scans come back positive and me still never get a broken bone and I fall flat on my back and jump up and then take off shouting again. I'm telling you, that's how powerful God is. Say, well, power, I know, my time is getting up. It's power. I'm not talking about some magical showy power. I'm not talking about, you know, well, I want to, you know. And, and Jesus understood that principle. He, he knew that even then when he was walking on the earth before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, he knew that magic and showy and feeding people was going to be the thing that drew people. And yet he didn't want them to come because of that. He said... In fact, you read John the 6th chapter, you start at the first verse, and you read Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Then he walks on water. He sends his disciples away, and, and his disciples leave, and everybody watches his disciples leave, and Jesus is not with them. And then through the night, he walks on water and catches them. This isn't the time that Simon Peter jumped out of the boat. This was, Jesus was walking on water we don't know how many times. He was just, you know... Feed 3,000, feed 5,000, walk on water, speak peace to a storm. He was God manifesting the flesh. And so the crowds start coming to him and they go, how'd you get over here? They start asking, read it in John 6 chapter. They go, how'd you get over here? We saw you didn't get in the boat. How did you, how did you? How'd you, how'd, you, how'd you go from there to there and you didn't get in a boat? And you know what? The Lord turns around and looks at him and says, why, why are you here? You came for lunch? I fed you lunch yesterday. Did you come for some more breakfast? What you come here for? Something magical, something showy, something powerful. And so they... They ask him a question, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? I want to do the work of God. I would like to walk on water. Anybody? I'd like to be able to walk down a hospital corridor and say, in Jesus' name be healed. Anybody? I'm not against that. 
gifts of the Spirit, healing, faith, miracles, signs and wonders. Not against it. I believe in them. I believe God can do them. I believe it happens. But is that the work of God? We look at it as the work of God. Oh, that's a great man of faith. Oh. He said, this is the work of God. That you believe on him whom he hath sent. That you have faith in God. And so they pressed him on that. Okay, well, give us a sign that we'll know that we may see and believe. What dost thou work? Show us something that is really God and that you're really working and we'll believe. And so the Lord says, in fact, rather, they say, even our fathers got manna in the wilderness. And when they went out every morning, there was free breakfast. So if you would give us free breakfast every morning, we would be believers. Jesus said, you want free breakfast? Take, eat my body. Drink my blood. He's a cannibal. He's weird. People started saying, that's weird. Uh-uh, no way. There's something wrong with this guy. Eat my body? Drink my blood? What was he saying? He was saying, every morning you can fill up on my presence and the blood that I shed on Calvary can wash your mind and heart every morning if you want it to. You can sit and dine at my table every morning. Oh, you say, I don't understand. We, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, if you want to do the work of God, you're going to have to fill up. You're going to have to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Why? I'm going to have to stay full of the Spirit of the Lord. That's why Paul would tell Timothy whenever he was fighting fear, stir up the gift that is in you. Get a hold of the Spirit of God. Make sure you're plugged in to the presence of Almighty God because that's what's going to sustain you. Zechariah had a vision. Old Testament. And he spoke unto me and says, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my... You know what Zechariah's vision was that Zerubbabel had and that was recorded? Was a lampstand with seven branches 
And on side of the lampstand on this side, on the left and on the right, were two olive trees. Two olive trees. And those olive trees were constantly producing olives and turning that olives into olive oil. And it was feeding into the lamp so that the light would shine from the lamp. When you shall receive power to be a witness unto me, a light in a dark world, in a world, it ought to be that people say something, not one olive tree, but two olive trees pumping oil into you. Why? Why do you need to have more than one dose of the Holy Ghost? Is because in this hour, there is so much darkness if we don't let our our light shine if we don't stay full. It's not by my might nor by my power but by the Spirit. Go ahead next slide where he says you say, well pastor I'm able to do it. Oh, you can keep the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit. I want to shake your hand. I'll be the first up here to congratulate you because if you can tell me I preached last week you know, about producing the fruit. We don't produce it, we bear it. We just stay attached to the vine, the vine in us, us in the vine, and the fruit is produced, right? And we bear it. In this hour, easy to love those who are not lovable. Huh? I really ought to have all y'all stand and say, if you, if you find it easy to love everybody that's unlovable, then keep standing and see how many of you would sit down. I'm not going to embarrass you today. Well, what's another great fruit of the Spirit? Joy. Well, it's easy to have joy in the midst of a painful circumstance. When the bottom's dropped off, oh, I have lots of joy. Huh? I go through a hard day of work and I just come in rejoicing. Huh? Oh, I can't do this. I need another dose of the oil. Oh, whenever turmoil and chaos and the family and the bills haven't been paid and dog wasn't let out and things are going nuts and the kids are looking for a shoe in the morning and I can't find the lunch and it's easy to have peace in the midst of the chaos. Peace that I give unto you not as the world gives. Let not your heart be. Huh? Easy. Produce fruit in this hour. Huh? I might need four trees. Huh? Patience. When things don't go as fast as you want. When things don't happen like you think they ought to happen. Lord, I prayed last week and I ought to be totally delivered now. And I ought to have a whole new job and new house and new car and... Huh? Easy to have patience in the midst of, huh? Lord, I'm okay. You didn't give it to me this week, but I'm praising you like you did. Huh? Easy to do that? Oh, what are we doing? I'm trying to keep my mind stirred up. I don't want to let my mind get impatient with God. Kindness, when you aren't being treated kindly, 
when somebody gives you a, you know, rude, inappropriate gesture. Hard to go, oh Lord, bless them. They must really be under attack today. But guess what? I have something they don't have, probably. The ability to tap into four olive trees or six or maybe ten I need around me. I don't know. But let me tell you something. They're all available. As many of them as you want, you can have. Not by might, not by my power, but by your spirit. What are you saying? Oh, being good. When somebody feels like they've been intentionally unkind, being faithful, whenever everybody around us seems to be unfaithful, you've been loyal, you've been kind, you've been faithful, gentle. When somebody's handled you a little roughly, self-control. In the midst of intense temptation, what are you saying? I'm saying we need our minds anointed this morning to say we need your spirit Lord I want us to stand I've asked some of these men that have been speaking their wives to come we're going to set up some miniature prayer lines we're going to set them up at the end of every row and we're just going to ask you if you want to come and you want them to lay your hand on you and anoint your mind Anoint your thoughts. I want you just to come, pass through, let them put their hand on you, let them pray for you, let them believe God for you, and then I want you to come up and worship. Why? We finished 21 days of believing God is able to break every chain and every stronghold. And I'm telling you where some of the strongholds have been, they've been in our thoughts. They've been in our minds. They've been in our families. They've been in our emotions. They've been in every part of us. And they're trying to say, you know what? You can't have victory. But I'm here to tell you today, there is a breakthrough. We've been praying for 61 days. I'm not demanding that you come. I don't know. Maybe your mind is fine. Maybe you're praying for a breakthrough for somebody else. But I'm going to pray. And then I want you to start coming if you want to come. Lord Jesus, you see our church today. We had special prayer with these individuals in the prayer room this morning. Asking God to use us to anoint people. If you want to be prayed for, you come. We're going to pray.